It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. June is Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Month, so my friend Jane and I thought we should finally get ourselves together for a casually baked chat about a few of our favorite things, including, but not limited to, mindfulness, meditation, community, and of course, cannabis. So many people across the world suffer from post-traumatic stress, Some obvious, like military veterans, police, first responders, and domestic violence survivors. But in today's social climate, there are less apparent causes of life-altering stress. Uncertain living conditions, fear of political repercussions, social shaming, and this aggressive call-out culture we have. Life is tough enough before we pile on personal, professional, and social problems and then realize we have to eat the shit sandwich we just made. Something happened in our NorCal cannabis space yesterday that's really thrown me for a loop in a lot of ways. A well-connected and celebrated white female cannabis business owner with a widely popular brand was exposed for harassing an 8-year-old black girl and her mom for selling water on the sidewalk without a permit. The mother videoed the white woman calling the cops on the young entrepreneur selling water during the hot, busy Pride weekend. I was so disappointed in her when I saw the video. I mean, it seriously screamed white privilege and racism. But that's not the only thing that made me sick to my stomach. As the day went on, the social shaming and call-outs got louder and more frequent. The woman and her company's social pages disappeared from various platforms. Dispensaries and major organizations began releasing statements about dropping the product line and removing existence of this woman's participation in events, panels, interviews, and documentaries. She was disallowed from participation in industry organizations, and CEOs made statements denouncing association with her and her products. We live in a connected world, and every single decision we make has consequences. I mean, that is heavy shit. With one decision on one day, this woman destroyed her business and reputation and changed the course of her life. That's a fucking powerful message that I want you to hear. Both stress and ego alter how we respond to life and ultimately color the choices that we make. I hope you'll actively listen to today's podcast and make strides to reducing reactionary behavior in your life by adopting a meditation practice. 
In meditation, we find calmness, connection, and love. And I promise that when you feel those three things, you'll buy water from a little girl instead of calling the cops on her. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke. I'm excited to introduce into the studio today Jane Leonard. She is a friend of mine that I met. Um, we were just discussing a little over a year ago at the, oh, well, two years ago. Two years ago. At almost, the yeah. Prop 64 Awareness Rally at the Sweetwater in Mill Valley. Right. That, that was, was fun. It was a great night. It yeah. was. It was good. And yeah. it was the first time for me to engage with anyone from Harborside. Mm -hmm. And so Jane worked at Harborside and. Um, She's been a yoga teacher for 11 years and an iRest yoga nidra meditation teacher for six, which she's going to have to explain all that to me. Um, <laughs> when she worked at Harborside here in Oakland, she was five years there as a bud tender and patient consultant. And she also taught this iRest technique there to seniors and veterans. Um, she has a blog that you should check out called the compassionatebudtender.com. And it is geared to the Casually Baked Tribe. It's geared to newbies. And she continues to lead these iRest sessions in the Bay Area cannabis spaces and teaches cannabis 101 classes. And currently, she's teaching at one of my favorite dispensaries in San Francisco that I teach at sometimes too, Harvest. And her focus right now has been microdosing and mindfulness, which I told her are two of the three peers of living a casually baked lifestyle. So I've been really excited to get Jane into the studio to talk about what she does with mindfulness and meditation and, and how she's addressing the needs of post-traumatic stress patients here in the Bay Area. And I hope that we will be able to get some techniques and and information from her for people who live in states where they don't have access to dispensaries and classes and they need to just kind of tackle this thing on their own. Absolutely. It's so great to be here, Joe. finally. I know. Uh, this is terrific. What a nice little setup you have here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're my second official guest in the studio, so wow. I'm... I'm honored. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's a beautiful day, so I'm glad yeah, you decided perfect. to get come into the cave with me. So tell me a little bit, what is this iRest Yoga Nidra? So iRest Yoga Nidra, or Nidra, okay. however you prefer, okay. um, is based on ancient teachings from the yoga lineage. My teacher, Richard Miller, started iRest as a form of Yoga Nidra, in 2003, and he is a yogic scholar and a Buddhist scholar and also a clinical psychologist. So he came through many channels to this particular practice. Uh, he studied the practice, um, which is 4,500 years old, and developed iRest along with Walter Reed Army Hospital in a research study, a feasibility study, to see how, Ira, see how Yoga Nidra helped soldiers returning from combat with PTSD. And what they found was the reason it's called iRest, it's integrative restoration. Oh, and gotcha. when he first started with Walter Reed, they said, you can't call it yoga. You know, this is 2003. It's not that long ago, but mm -hmm. uh, things have really changed in the last, you know, 15 years uh, in the VA. They're now using a lot of complementary therapies. There's even some talk about cannabis coming into you know the VA, but that's that's one of those holdouts that we're probably going to see. It's good they're going to you know it's a strong strong holdout. So yes, and I'm ashamed that one of the major people holding out on that is um, a senator from Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean especially with all the research that's coming out. But mm -hmm. anyway, that's neither here nor there. He did this study. And over time, they started to see that it was really helping with all the symptom clusters of PTSD. So by the end of the research project, they said, you can call it anything you want. Uh -huh. So um, now it's called iRest Yoga Nidra or Integrative Restoration Yoga Nidra. And it's a body sensing meditation. It's a led, a guided meditation. And it's just a way to kind of find your, find your way into the body, which is where we process everything. So yeah. everything, all the trauma that we experience is stored up in the body. Mm -hmm. Whenever you bring attention, and in iRest, we basically um, 
we set an intention as we would in a regular yoga class, except it's a three-part intention. So you meditate on your heart's deepest desire, which is, you know, a wonderful thing because we don't do that enough. We don't, you know, see the things that we really desire enough. So meditate on your heart's deepest desire, then an intention for the practice as you would in a normal um, practice. And then the third part of the Sankalpa or intention is the inner resource, which is nourishing an inner sense of well-being. And this is something we all have. Um, and sometimes it's helpful if you connect with a memory in which you felt seen or heard, um, felt connected to, or a sense of belonging. But there's, we have these moments in life where we feel good, and we feel alive, and we feel connected. So in, your, in I Rest, we nourish those moments so yeah. that as life brings us different challenges, we can kind of find that place in us um, and keep that sense of well-being nourished and always there, even if we're in the middle of stuff, even if we've you know gone off the rails, if we can just kind of find that little bit of well-being inside, we can start to kind of soften those reactive moments. So yeah, it's like it's, muscle memory for the, like that that big old hug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. It's that warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, and people who have been experienced trauma, been through you know things that are have been very challenging, they lose a sense of security. And the first thing that goes is that that sense of safety, that sense of home, mm -hmm. that sense of well-being inside themselves. So the more we nourish that in meditation, the more people can blossom and come back into who they are and, and live the life that they desire. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I think we all joke at, you know, at least once a week about having PTSD about something, you know, of and, course. and, and so I think there are these small moments that happen in all of our lives that do create some sort of like cumulative stress. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think we, I feel like we get PTSD from traffic, like somebody cuts you off. It's a body sense, you know, you feel it, you mm -hmm. can feel your, you can feel what's happening in your body. Like you can feel the, all the blood rushes to your limbs so you can flee or mm -hmm. you freeze or you react, in, you know, to fight. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like, you know, it's just Bay Area traffic, you know, it's, it's constant. Yeah. Uh, and if, you know, I, I really try to practice uh, my eye rest in the car because I, you know, I'm very reactive in the car. It's kind of my place where I'm you know, I lived in New York for a long time, and I kind of brought that with me. So you're um, like, that's really the place that I feel shameful. About yeah, my I just luckily I'm usually alone. So you know, me and I, too. And I don't ever really interact with people. I just yell. You yeah. know, I don't like try to get to anybody or anything like that. But I, I'm, I kind of yell a little bit and cuss. I love to cuss. So yeah, I do too. I do too. It's, Cussing it's, like a sailor feels good. It is, and it's explosive <laughs> and it's impactful. You know, it sounds good. So even just daily things, they start to wear us down a little bit. And mm -hmm. so we develop chronic stress or we develop anxiety or we develop all these things. And just a little bit of meditation, they say that even in 10 minutes of meditation, um, a different uh, brain network comes online. Mm -hmm. um, the the uh, task positive uh, mode network or present centeredness network where you suddenly feel connected you have kind of, you're outside of time, so there's not this worry about the past or this concern about the future. You're just kind of in the moment. So even mm -hmm. 10 minutes of just being, yeah. and however that, you know, however that works for yeah. people. Um, I rest just happens to be pretty effective because it's, the language is very accessible because it was developed along with the military. So there's mm -hmm. no like woo-woo language. Right. There's no strange imagery that you suddenly go into the thinking mind to try to figure out. Um, it's very sensory. It's sensate. It's just all feeling into whatever's arising. So I do a, a quick 15-minute meditation in the morning, mm -hmm. and then in the afternoons when I'm in between projects, I go lay down and take a 15-minute power nap or just, or just kind of decompress if I can't fall asleep. But you mentioned this I rest in a proper class and a yoga studio, but then you just said something about doing it in the car. Mm -hmm. So kind of talk me through what those two things might look like. Sure. So 
And we can go over a little bit of a practice at the end of the session if Ooh, you want. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very simple. So when we start with the body sensing in eye rest, we start with the mouth. So you feel the ceiling of the mouth and the floor of the mouth, the insides of the cheeks. And what's happening is that you have all these nerve endings in the mouth and jaw and throat. And so as you just bring attention, whenever you bring attention to any part of the body, rich oxygenated blood goes there to heal it. So if you bump your arm on a sharp edge and you go, ow, and you're rubbing the arm, the body is going there to heal. So whenever you bring any, any attention to any part of the body, rich oxygenated blood is rushing there and you're getting this nice softening. You know, it just happens really naturally. The other thing I tell people to do is if, you know, if you're feeling really wound up, feel your left foot in your shoe. Okay. And just feel that foot. And then when, you're, when you've really kind of got a feeling of that foot, then switch your attention to the right foot. Feel into that foot, you know, and feel like the, you know, the heel and the sole of the foot and the toes and, you know, just really go into it. And then kind of go back and forth between the two feet until when you're ready, just feel both feet at the same time. It's a little bit of a trick because the mind can't hold opposites at the same time. So when you do that, it shuts off the default mode network, this other network that's generally functioning that's always kind of involved in autobiographical information and um, judging. The part of our brain that tells the stories and stuff? Okay. You got it. That starts to quiet really fast, and this this other present-centered network or um, task-positive network comes online. And again, that activates the parasympathetic nervous system or the relaxation response, and suddenly you can breathe again. Yeah. Um, Breathing is one of those things, it's interesting, because a lot of people who talk about meditation talk about, you know, being with the breath. And I found for me that sometimes when I pay attention to my breath, I breathe more shallow, at least initially. Um, So breathing doesn't always work for a lot of people, but for some people it does because it's also very rhythmic and the mind just needs movement. Mm -hmm. So if you can kind of get into the rhythm of the breath, that'll start to quiet the mind too. The mind's like a child, you know, it protects us. It's always looking out for us, but it needs action Mm -hmm. all the time. So if we give it something to do, that's why body sensing works because we're moving through the body. We're bringing attention to the shoulder and then to the upper arm, and then to the elbow, and we work our way through the body, mm-hmm. the mind's like, yeah, it has something to do. So yeah. it follows along and starts to quiet down and kind of take a little nap, which is so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the baby that only will fall asleep when you're driving in the car. Right, right. <laughs> it's got all this no- input. There's a lot of input. The car's moving, there's noise, so it has all these sense, it can kind of go into the senses, which was how we start the yoga nidra practice of eye rest. We start with the senses wide open, Mm -hmm. taking in sound and light and the feeling of air and the feeling of clothing on your skin and feet in your shoes or what Mm -hmm. have you. Yeah. So when you were talking about breath, it was, it reminded me to this morning. So I'm, I do a morning meditation and Mm -hmm. a you know, maybe 20 or 30 minute stretching yoga routine. Mm-hmm. And I have trouble taking a, a deep inhale. Like it's like it just cuts kind off. Of stops. Yeah. Yeah. And so how, as you're teaching people to work with their breath, how do you develop that ability to like really breathe deep? Well, I think one really good trick is just to focus on the exhale. So when you inhale, you're energizing the body. When you exhale, the body's kind of going more into relaxation. Yeah. So if you can focus on the exhale and start to extend the exhale a little bit longer than the inhale, the inhale will start to soften too. Okay. Uh, The other thing you can do is when you're lying down, put your hand on your belly. And when you inhale, push out on the belly. And when you exhale, draw the belly to the spine. When you inhale, push. Inhale, push out. Oh, push yeah, I know it's it's Oh, one of my yogi friends taught me that. Yeah. Okay. And what is that called? What kind of breathing is that called? Um, diaphragm belly breathing. Okay. It's a pranayama, is that what you're yes, saying? Yes. That not sure I think which that, pranayama it is, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just oh, just a few ujjayi weeks ago. maybe. I don't know. Maybe that sounds ujjayi. that sounds ujjayi familiar. Jaya is a little bit yeah, a little bit different. Jaya is when you're you're you make a sound kind of with your breath in the throat. Oh like yeah. A, I've 
I don't yes. even know if that's registered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I um, bet it. I'm sure we could hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have all these friends that are, you know, proper yogis and they've had all these teaching hours and they know all of this stuff. And I'm like, uh, I was a basketball player. I just know that it's called stretching and right. I don't, all these things y'all are telling me to do just, I'm like monkey see monkey do. I'm like, I'll just imitate you, but don't ask me to call it something. Right. Well, you know, it takes a while to learn all those things. I yeah. mean, as I can, you know, I'm here to tell you, I don't, there's very little that I know, even though I've been doing this for many years. The longer I do it, the more I realize I, I just don't know very much at all. Well, and that's that's wisdom. That's that is, what we all learn as yeah, we get older. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. There's always more to learn. For sure. So if um, I went to one of your iRest classes mm-hmm. and we've we've gone through and we we're feeling our bodies, mm-hmm. we're, we're engaging all of our senses, and then mm-hmm. what's the next step? How does it move? Um, so we do a nice long body sensing. And then from there, we go into a little bit of breathing, just staying with the breath. So it's really about welcoming and allowing. Mm -hmm. The idea is that everything that arises during the practice is a messenger. And it's always inviting you to come back to that place of your your inner resource, that place of just delicious, good feelings, joy. So as things arise, you start to see that whether they're emotions, thoughts, beliefs, that they also come and go. They have a wave pattern, if you will. Mm -hmm. They arise, kind of um, unfold, and then start to decay and dissolve, just Mm -hmm. like everything in life. So um, we kind of go into that a little bit and we start to see ourselves as the one who's experiencing all of these sensations as they come and go. So it's just kind of going to a more expanded sense of self you know, just opening it up and giving space to what's going on in daily life, and yeah. you know, just so is this all done in stillness, or is there it's any all movement? Done in stillness. Okay, nice. Yeah, I mean, technically, any meditation you should be able to do lying down, sitting up, walking. You know, it's really kind of up to whatever somebody's feeling in their body. But I find that sitting is just fine, and mm-hmm. people regularly fall asleep and snore. <laughs> which is, you know, traditionally not encouraged in meditation, but I feel it's lovely because that tells me that person needs this rest. And so yeah. let them take a couple seconds of snoring. And, and they feel comfortable enough in that exactly, space to do it. Right. So it's, yeah, I love it. It's, it makes me happy when people crash out. Because it's doing IRS, doing any meditation uh, is like you do 20 minutes and it's like getting three or four good hours of sleep. And it's and the and the benefits continue. So into the evening, when you do go to sleep, you're still going to be feel kind of touching in on that on that space in your body, and it's going to help you sleep later too. So, so much of what we deal with in this crazy life right now is because of a lack of sleep or a lack of good sleep. You know, we're mm-hmm. constantly being bombarded by media. You know, what do you do when you wake up in the middle of the night? You reach for your phone and then you play games or you read or you catch up on emails or whatever. So the more we can kind of step out of that and just kind of step into being and allowing the body just to kind of decompress, the better prepared we'll be to deal with anything that life brings to us. So when you do these I rest meditations at dispensaries or whatever, are you incorporating cannabis in them in the beginning of them, or is that at the end of it? How does how does cannabis incorporate into I rest? So it's fairly loose um, in the work that I've been doing with Operation Evac, which is a veteran support group started by a really great guy named Ryan Miller. Do you know Ryan? I know Ryan. Uh, we we see each other and chat occasionally at some of these conferences mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, follow each other on social. You right. know, but I don't know him well. Right. But he seems like a really really cool, funny dude. He's a great guy. So Ryan and I met at Harborside. We were both working there and. He said to me one day, he said, I'm just, I don't sleep. And I said, what? He said, I, just, I don't sleep. I said, that is not good, Ryan. Yeah. And so I slipped him an iRest CD and I said, try this. And he came back the next day and he was like bubbling over. And he said, Jane, I fell asleep and I woke up in the same position. And I haven't slept like that and I can't tell you how long. And I said, yay. So, you know, once you start getting rest, then all the other issues that you're having, you can start to address them. But if you're not sleeping, 
that is like the number one thing because we're doing a lot of internal healing as we're sleeping. Yeah. Um, the heart, the brain, everything comes online when we're asleep to heal. Mm -hmm. So he started Harborside Heroes, which is a veteran support group. And he invited me to come in and do IRS at the end of every session. And we did that work at Harborside for a little over two years, um, closer to three. And it was wonderful. And the group kept growing and growing. Every session was bigger. It's been s some of the most wonderful work that I've had the opportunity to be a part of. And then when Ryan left Harborside, he started Operation EVAC, educating veterans about cannabis. And he's now in... I think five or six dispensaries in the Bay Area and Sacramento, and he's doing as many as like 18 days a month where he, where veterans get together. It's a peer-led support group, so they share. There's a theme, you know, he'll bring a question. They medicate beforehand. Mm -hmm. Many medicate, you know, some dab, some um, smoke blunts or joints or, you know, whatever, vaporize some use edibles and then we get into the then they get into the peer led support group part and then at the end they meditate we do irs if i'm not there they use a um an audio file that i've given them but it's it's really cannabis is interesting because i feel like it does something similar that it, the brain the body feels similar with just a little bit of cannabis mm -hmm. there's this moment when you use cannabis where you kind of settle into the moment and you're like okay yeah this i remember this mm -hmm. and it's very similar to this the feeling that i get when after when i'm in meditation and and come out of a meditation yeah. it's very similar so there's definitely a place where they dovetail so for the microdosing and mindfulness classes it's optional. People don't have to medicate if they don't want to, or they can come in already medicated, or they can medicate right then. We talk about microdosing because I generally feel that people over-medicate a lot. And yeah. it's unknowingly, unknowingly, a lot. yeah, it's very, it's easy to. We're, we're only really now coming around to knowing that like a starter dose is five to 10 milligrams, mm -hmm. five to 15. Um, well, and honestly, for some people who are really sensitive, I tell them like, one, One to, to two point five, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. So I use kind of the microdosing to allow people to kind of maybe find their way and maybe I, I love the one to one. It's like my favorite ratio. I think so too. Yeah, and um, so I I ask people if they'd like to. They have to bring their own cannabis. They can purchase it at a harvest, of course. Um, but then invite them to microdose a tincture or a, you know, if they want to inhale something, something that's going to be a quick. pretty quick onset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got it. And then we enter into the meditation. And the reason I recommend microdosing is that f my personal experience with cannabis is if I'm too high, I have trouble dropping in. I have taken, you know, yoga classes where there's cannabis consumption and, as a yoga practitioner for a long time, I don't have any trouble kind of dropping into that, oh yeah, I'm present now, I'm not thinking about anything else, I'm not mm -hmm. worried about anything else, I'm just in that present-centered network. But with that particular class, there was, I was just, I don't know if it was, a, it was a pretty strong sativa or what, but I was so scattered that I couldn't find that kind of drop-in place. For other people, they need that because that puts them in touch with their body. So it's it's so it's just like you know we all have a different endocannabinoid system. Like right. what's good for me was not necessarily going to be good for you. Yeah. So yeah, I just recommend that people do whatever kind of works for them, especially with people who are new to cannabis and they're wanting to try kind of how see how microdosing works with meditation because maybe they want to try meditation but they've got like kind of a yakky mind. Yeah. Um, then you know put a couple of drops under the tongue, hold it there for, you know, 30 seconds or something, swallow, and then within 10, 15 minutes, they're going to definitely f possibly feel something. Um, and I do find that my meditations and my my yoga sessions that I microdose, which is pretty much every day. There are some days when I know I have to, like, get on a call really quick after that I, you know, want to be really clear-headed. But for the most part... I find when, when I do that, I get into that space quicker. Right. I feel my body more. Like it's, you you're can. You're present. You're mm -hmm. just in your, you're holding your space, which is really what we're all striving for. You know, we're always trying to get somewhere, do something, but really what we really, where we feel the best is when we're right here, right now and engaged mm -hmm. 
with what life is offering us. And sometimes if we're distracted and we're thinking too much about where we're going or what we're doing, we miss those moments that life gives to us that is like, look at this beautiful flower or look at the way that guy just smiled at his daughter or, you know, mm -hmm. like we miss those things if we're not in that space you talked about. And it just feels good. And you mm -hmm. can feel the stress melt away when you're actually in the moment yeah. because nothing else exists but right now. So that pain that you're, you've been worrying about from the past or your fears of the future, they're just in your mind. They're not happening right now. Right. Yeah. So when you worked with the veterans, do you have any particular stories or cases that, you know, someone who had a, you know, really bad post-traumatic stress and, and kind of how working with you and the IREST format, I guess I would call it, you know, how that changed their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually had several veterans come to me just in, when I was at Harborside and since Operation EVAC has been uh, going. And just they just say, you know, I just, it really is great. And it's kind of funny because sometimes I show up and they've only heard me, you know, on, on the CD. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like, you know, I can see this kind of moment of this disconnect. They had pictured something, someone, and then here I am, and I show up, and I'm just kind of this nerdy gal, and you know, um, and a lovely nerdy gal. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny. It's just that you know that moment. But I've had a lot of people tell me that they're sleeping better. They're not so quick to react, and that's really the goal of it all. Is if we can start to step out of that reactionary mode because you know how many times have we done things and later on gone oh I wish I would have thought that through better you know yeah. but re really if you can take those moments and feel into them not think about them mm -hmm. not you know get into the story as you mentioned because that story will just spin you out and you're going to be the hero and everybody else is going to be against you and they're all to blame for everything you've ever thought and done um, but if you can kind of just feel into it, you can start to see that it's it's coming and it's going. So even that thing that seems like it's unbearable, mm -hmm. it will crest and then dissolve. You know, it's just like everything in life, it just comes and goes. But what's really interesting for me as an observer is just to see how the bodies of these men and women change. They come to the class the first time and they're you know, they're buff and they're tight. You know, everything about them, the way they move is very rigid. Mm -hmm. And, and then, they look like their skin might explode. Like exactly. their bodies are even right. tight. Yes, everything is very tight. And then even after one session, but especially over, you know, say six months or so, you just, there's just more ease. They're mm -hmm. much more in... Fluid. Yeah. And they're comfortable and they're laughing more. You know, it's... It's very subtle, but it's really, really profound. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been, IRS has been the biggest gift that I've ever been given, and I was really lucky to find it. I actually found it when I was getting trained to teach yoga. Uh, for my final project, I decided I wanted to design a class for veterans because I was in New York on 9-11. I have a couple of brothers who are former Marines, so I have an affinity for the mm -hmm. military and, and veterans, people who serve in that capacity. And um, so I was designing a yoga class, and I found a writing from Richard Miller about IREST. He had just, it, it had just started happening, or just happened, this project with Walter Reed Army Hospital, and it blew my mind, because he, the things that he was saying about how so traditional talk therapy sometimes doesn't work, because not all of the, the things that we are stored in our body even necessarily have a specific memory attached to them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just junk that's stored in there. So sometimes- I saw on Instagram today, someone had posted, it was th them talking to their anxiety. <laughs> and it was like, well, tell me what's wrong. Like, what's going on? And yeah. the body just says something. <laughs> yeah. like, but can you, can you narrow it down a little bit? Can you help me? And the body's like, something. Like, yeah. you know, it's like sometimes we just don't fucking right. know what it is. Exactly. So it's, um, I liken it to when I was 
in New York and I was really studying yoga pretty hardcore, I would have moments where I would just feel a release in my body. Like I just, I don't, I can't even really describe it, but it was so profound that I just had to step off the mat for a minute and just sit down. And, mm -hmm. you know, my mind was trying to figure out what that was, but there was no answer. It was just some leftover trauma junk that was stuck in my cells because we, yeah. we keep memory in every cell of our body. So, you know, who knows what's in there and who knows when it's going to actually just kind of come to the surface and let go. Yeah. But that's what I love about the whole idea of welcoming and allowing because, you know, you're you're welcoming whatever's coming up as a messenger, you know, like this thing came up and it was like, I'm ready to let be let go. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yes. See ya. Thank you for your service. Yeah. You know, thank you for what you <laughs> Thanks brought. Thanks for hanging out, bro. Exactly. Time to go. Right. Yeah. So my sister Crystal had taught me this. I was in my early 30s and, you know, I just fresh out of a relationship and like, okay, I'm the center of my universe. I'm doing this for me. And she introduced me to this idea as I was trying to soften as a human being and not repeat, you know, what I had just spent the last five years doing. And the idea of feeling my feelings and like when something would come up, she's like, where do you feel that in your body? Tell me exactly. right now, where do you feel that? Is it in your right. stomach? Is it in your chest? Is it in your throat? Right. You That's know, and exactly I'd be like, we do. Yeah. my ears are on fire and my throat feels like it's closing up. And she's like, okay, good. Just breathe through that. And you feel crazy at first mm -hmm. because she's like, oh, just make, just make noise. Let it out. Oh, mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, and mm -hmm. you're sitting there. I, of course, I was always on the phone with her because mm -hmm. I wasn't in person. I'd call her when I'm about to have a meltdown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm breathing like a crazy person, you know, holding my throat, touching my stomach. But when you really allow yourself into that space, you can feel the energy just moving up. It's like it would be in my stomach and then it would be in my chest and then I'd feel it in my throat. And then you can feel it just like dissipate out of the top of your head. Right. It, and we sound crazy talking about it, but it's like just get casually baked and try it. Exactly. <laughs> just try it. Totally. Because it's, yeah, that's exactly what we do in iRest. So we do what we call dyads with people one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, they start telling a story. And so instead of, like, letting them go into the mind, we say, what exactly? What, where do you feel that in your body? And how does it feel? And, you know, they'll start to say, oh, it's because of this. Or, oh, it's, you know, yeah. no, just the sense. Uh -huh. Just peel off all those labels of what you think it is. Yeah. And just get down to what, what it feels like. Yes. And it starts to transform. It just does. Because whenever you bring attention to anything... It starts to transform. Yes, I had no idea that 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 um, the nid, nidra, yeah. yoga, nidra yoga nidra was what my sister was teaching me. Yeah, I, it's, this is the first time I've it's ever had a name simple. for it. Yeah, it's really simple stuff, but it's very powerful. Yeah, she's always like, just take your brain out, set it on the table. We don't need that for a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds great. She is pretty great. She's actually on the. Um, the last episode of the podcast, I did a, a little recap on the family reunion. And oh, so, nice. yeah, so um, when you catch that episode, you'll get to hear her Texas twang. Hers is worse than mine. It's <laughs> <That's> cute. <laughs> well, so tell me one thing for sure the Operation Evac. Mm -hmm. Do you, off the top of your head, know the dispensaries around the Bay Area that he's involved in? Or maybe you can send me a link and I'll put it in the show notes. But that way, um, people around here that might absolutely. want to participate with you can do it. Um, I know that he, Operation Evac, well, you can find him on Facebook, Op Evac, Op or Operation Evac. Um, I know that he's in uh, Magnolia, Seven Stars, Apothecarium, which is an SF, BPG. Okay. I'll definitely give you a link because it's, you know, all veterans are welcome. Uh, there's there are female veterans there too, and um, it's a really amazing supportive group environment, and it's they're doing great things, and they also help out. They do they do projects out in the community, and it's lovely. Another mm -hmm. good group is Weed for Warriors. They're they're really expanding too. I've worked with them a little bit. Uh, they're doing really great work too. And you know, many of these veterans are coming home. And they're put immediately on this seven or nine pill cocktail. And, oh, good you know, grief. yeah. And then so 
I've had many, many people tell me, veterans and non-veterans, that they've come off of all of their pharmaceuticals with cannabis. So cannabis is really going to be important as we attempt to move out of this opioid crisis that we're in, which is just devastating. Yes. It's, I, I can't even believe that they haven't fast-tracked legalization of mm -hmm. cannabis because of it. Um, I was reading an article in Scientific American, and because one of the things people always say is, well, you know, cannabis just hasn't been studied enough. Not true. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it just hasn't been federally funded. studied. Yeah, federally yeah. funded studies. Right. Um, but they were talking about this 2009 clinical trial in Canada that it showed that um, the nighttime administration of THC reduced the frequency and intensity of nightmares in 72% of the 47 patients that they studied. It talked about how that was such a great study, and it was a nighttime administration, but a lot of other studies always get mixed reviews, but it's because people don't know about microdosing. And if you don't microdose it, that anxiety will end up getting amplified and can right. send somebody with post-traumatic stress like through the roof. Absolutely. So THC can be triggering if it's not an, a lower dose for some people. Some people need THC and it works really well for them. But I, I have known people that THC just, yeah, it just increases their anxiety. So for them, I would recommend going for CBD. And also people should know that if they ever get too high or they get anxious, always have a bottle of CBD tincture around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Give yourself, you know, some of that and hold it under the tongue for, you know, a, yeah. a little while. And that anxiety will pull down within, you know, 20 minutes or so. It definitely really makes a difference. Absolutely. And I, I wondered if the reason that they had such a high percentage of patients like seeing positive results was that that THC was consumed at night right before they went to bed. So they had enough to knock them out and because mm -hmm. most of the time people that have take too much THC it's during the daytime and they're trying to function right. not sleep exactly it's great for sleep yeah oh my gosh there's nothing better really well CBN I'm a big fan of yes. CBN CBD yeah. CBN for sleep yeah that's the ticket. One of my casually baked tips is if you have old weed, you don't throw it out. You no. don't give it away. You just use it at bedtime. That's right. That's a good one. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You find that joint in your drawer from ages ago. Yes. <laughs> don't throw it out. No, it's nighttime miracle. Yep. So what kind of advice or techniques would you offer to someone who, you know, isn't in a legal state and mm -hmm. they want to, you know, they when they feel a trigger coming on, you know, besides the, you know, feeling your body, like feeling your left foot in your left shoe, like, you mm -hmm. know, besides doing something like that, if they're wanting to figure out how can they incorporate some sort of cannabis ritual in, into this, like what kind of, what things would you tell them to do or how would you tell them to do it? Sure. So someone who's in a legal state for sure or? Well, no, I mean, there's, yeah, yeah I mean, cannabis. maybe they're a first responder that yeah. just saw some really heavy shit, right. and they're they're having, you know, they're they're triggered, right? Or, you know, so, you know, but I don't care if they're in a legal state or not. People are going to consume cannabis, so how can they do it? You know, right? The best. Well, um, I think it's always good to write down what you're doing, and I know you're a big advocate of this as well. But write down what. What am I feeling? What are my symptoms? What am, what are, what's the number? Like if I'm mm -hmm. feeling anxiety, am I at a nine? Am I at an eight? You know, write it down mm -hmm. and then write down what you're taking. If it's, you know, smoking weed, maybe you know the strain, maybe you don't, but take one hit mm -hmm. and wait. And do yeah. our, feel our feet and our shoes and do exactly. all that stuff. Got right. It. Check in with the body. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, if the thinking keeps happening, which is normal, the mind wants to think, just keep bringing your attention back to the body, whatever that is. You can also do your left hand, you know, look at your palm, feel into your left palm, you know, really feel deeply into it and then switch to the right, feel into that palm, really feel, and then just go back and forth and take your time doing this, mm -hmm. you know, and also watch the breath. If the breath is, is you know, if you're increased, if your heartbeat's still going and the breath is, you know, going, focus on the exhale. Mm -hmm. So just 
Mind the exhale. Draw out the exhale. And just, you will start to feel those things come down. And then once, you know, once you start to feel the effects of whatever cannabis you're using, then write, go back to your little chart again mm -hmm. and write down what your symptom level is now. And then if you feel like you need more, then take another one hit. I, I think mm -hmm. there's something really to be gained from microdosing that, that, you know, in this kind of culture of consumption, we're not really present enough to take the time and really try to find that perfect minimum effective dose. Yeah. But if we can do that, a couple of things are going to happen. First of all, you're not going to build a tolerance, so you're not going to be spending all your money on yeah. weed, which is huge. And also you're gonna start to feel the subtle, more subtle effects of the medicine rather than just getting totally high mm -hmm. every time. And there's a really beautiful place in between those, you know, I mean, a whole range of places yeah. between being high and not being high. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's really fun to explore those, those places. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have um, in that drawer, I'll show you when we're done, but that's my stash drawer. And I have just several buds of a ton of different flowers because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, these are great for sleep. These are the ones that I work well on. Mm -hmm. These are the ones where I need to get really creative. And because when you do microdose, you can feel all of the nuance. Right. All the different things. You know, I... You know, and you'll also start to see if there's a particular strain that makes you feel anxious, you'll feel it a little bit instead of being high and paranoid and freaked out mm -hmm. and not wanting to leave the house. You know, you'll just, you'll touch in on it and you'll say, okay, so this is maybe not the one I need right now, yeah. or maybe I don't need this one ever or whatever, yeah. but you're not This one I should give away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just someone I dislike. No, 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 no. no well, because we're all precious snowflakes, so it might be great for somebody else. Right, and everybody's ECS is different. Um, it's funny, Monica, Dr. V, um, she's the formulation scientist that I do a lot of work with. She's one of my best friends, and I had a, a jar of bud over here that mm -hmm. I knew that she had given me and so she was over, I'm loading a bowl, and I give it to her. And then within five minutes, she can't carry on a conversation with me. She's, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I know why I have that weed. And so I had to put a note on it, like, do not let Dr. V smoke this. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Do you remember the strain? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. She, well, and that's the thing. This one doesn't have a name on it. It's just the black jar. Right. Island Mountain Organics, I think it's, um, she's friends with the farmer there. And so I think it's some that he had given her. So I don't even know what it is. I just right. know she can't touch it and I love it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and that's the thing is, and people who are not in states where this is legal, they don't often even know what they're getting, yeah. which is, it's, it's time, you know? So mm -hmm. I encourage anybody out there who's a cannabis user you know, in a state where it's not legal, get involved, you know? Yeah, or if you're a veteran or you have a family member who is a police or a first responder or anybody that has a high-stress job, yeah, you should be involved. Right. So you mentioned maybe going through a little exercise. Maybe sure. we do something that way we can kind of teach people at home what they can do when they're on their own. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, you know, just recognize that you're moving into this transitional space and just acknowledging all that's brought you to this moment right now. Now, do I need to have my eyes closed right now? You can close your eyes softly. Okay. Um, or if you want to keep them open, just let your eyes fall toward the floor because that starts to quiet the thinking mind a little okay. bit. And just allow your senses right now to be wide open taking in any sounds outside the room or inside the room, taking in light from behind your eyelids, feeling the air on your skin, feeling the support of the chair beneath you or the floor if you're standing. And as I mentioned during I rest, every experience is a messenger inviting you to welcome and be with thoughts and emotions, beliefs, as well as yourself as the one who is experiencing all of these sensations coming and going. 
Bring your attention now to your heart's deepest desire. Whatever it is that gives your life meaning. It can be simple. Maybe you're searching for balance, calm. Maybe it's more complex, but whatever it is, just welcome for a few moments now and be with your heart's deepest desire. And now bring your attention to an intention for this brief I rest practice. Maybe it's to be present and centered. Maybe you'd like to dedicate it to someone in your life who needs a little extra loving. Just taking a few moments to be with an intention for this practice. And now bring your attention to your inner resource. This is a felt sense of well-being that is your birthright. Welcome this inner resource into your entire body. And if it's helpful, you can recall a memory in which you felt seen and heard, connected, a sense of oneness. So taking just a few moments to welcome and nourish your inner resource. Know that this inner resource is always available to you whenever you need to take a few moments to rest, restore, and feel at ease. So give yourself permission to check in with your inner resource at any time during this practice or during your day when you just need to feel good. Now allow my words to be your words as we rotate attention throughout the body, experiencing sensation as we go. You may feel a little bit of sensation or you may feel a lot, but whatever you feel is perfect just as it is. Bring attention to the forehead and the eyes, giving up thinking, just feeling. flow of sensation in and out of both nostrils. The mouth, the gums and teeth, the tongue, the jaw, the chin. the neck and throat, the inner walls of the throat, the shoulders, arms and hands as sensation, giving up thinking, just sensing and everything just as it is the upper chest, middle chest, the abdomen and belly, the upper back, mid back, lower back, the entire torso, front and back, left side and right side as sensation. 
and yourself as the one who's experiencing all of these sensations coming and going. The hips and thighs, the knees, the shins and calves, the ankles and the feet, entire legs and feet as sensation. The front of the body, the back of the body, left side and right, inside the body, surface of your body and everything just as it is. Now just being with anything that's arising, any thoughts or emotions, any beliefs, welcoming and allowing whatever is arising, just feeling just sensing. Bring your attention now back to your heart's deepest desire. And experience this heart's deepest desire as true in this moment as manifest right now. And just feel how that acts on your body. Allow this feeling to move out into the body. Finding maybe a smile inside the body. In the heart, a sense of joy. And allowing that to move into the body. Just being, just resting. Knowing that you always have within you the perfect response to each situation in your life. Allowing your senses to slowly open back up to the sounds in the room around you or outside the room. Taking in light from behind the eyelids. Feeling the chair beneath you or the floor if you're standing. And slowly Opening your eyes, taking in the room, grateful for taking this moment for yourself and this practice of eye rest. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. Good. That's the like whole idea. That mushy, blissful feeling. <laughs> And your Excellent. voice is great. Yeah, I'd have an MP3 of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone does want to participate and have that, like you were talking about when you can't be at the events and, mm -hmm. and they have the MP3, can people go Absolutely. to your website and yeah. find that? How does that work? Just contact me and I can send over an audio file. I don't mind doing that at all. Okay. Just let me know. All right. I well, have one for sleep, which is really good. It's a short one mm -hmm. and it just kind of trails off. So you can put it, uh, you know, on your earbuds and just uh -huh. fall asleep. So, yeah, please yeah. reach out. I will, um, I'll add Jane's information in the show notes at casuallybake.com backslash blog. So you can um, find all of her resources at the click of a button in one easy place. <laughs> This has been so great. Thank you so much so for doing this. Here. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a while. And of course, I was, I've was i been in my transition mode for so long mm -hmm. that 
and um, I'm, I've been loving the work you're doing, so it's been my great pleasure to be here. So mm. thank you for inviting me. Well, thanks for hanging out. All right. Now let's get casually baked. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so we got casually baked, and we realized that we forgot a super important subject to talk about in regards to this whole meditation thing and mindfulness. And, and life in general. Yes. And, and that is... Industry. Yeah, yes. Good God. And that is ego. Yeah. <sighs> Egos, you know, it's a tough conversation because we all have them. We wouldn't be able to survive without them, right? I yeah. mean, they keep us healthy and employed, employed, (laughs) right. But there also is this bigger idea of community, which I think, especially the cannabis community, has been such a leader in, and the way that they're so inclusive, and they bring people in. And, you know, things kind of shift as capitalism comes into the scene. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the nature of the beast. But I really believe that we don't have to follow that model anymore. We can follow a model where, okay, we're all really wanting to be successful and do our thing, but we help each other. Yeah. And we don't set each other up for failure, and we don't ignore each other's talents, which is, I think, something that people do when they're in fear. And so cannabis, what's always been so lovely to me about cannabis is that it is a community. It just naturally happens. And so if we can bring everybody in and, you know, I mean, just... Yeah, and I think that um, the cannabis provides the the mental capacity and the social outreach, you know, like you're... You, exactly. Well, you're, I'm you high right connected. now, so I can't I know, pull yeah. the words out of my ass, but... You know, it's one of those things where you're like... Well, you feel connected. It's one of those the, the, those kind of essential needs. It helps connect you to other people and life in general, I feel. Yes, and you're willing to have that awkward conversation with the person about the thing because you just, you feel more connected to them and like, you know, that you can have this you just wanna heart be moment. Yeah, yeah, you just want to be truthful. Speak your truth, which is really what we all deserve to be able to do. Well, and I think I say that a lot. Well, I think, look. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah. You're not saying, but you're not saying, you know what you should do. That's worse. Oh, you're right. I heard that a lot growing up. <laughs> but I, it's important for us to to think about our ego when we are thinking about our, our mental health and the way that we show up in the world and um, and the way we we use cannabis as a tool, you mm-hmm. know, in our wellness toolkit and as, right. a, as a force for good in life. And I think in this cannabis space that we work in, they're not my audience. I'm not talking to them. They know the basics of cannabis. They understand the contemporary cannabis lifestyle. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the people outside of the bubble. Right. So I feel a lot of times... We need a lot of information. Yes, and I'm and I have great engaged people that I'm involved with, but they're not in the cannabis industry. So these big important things happen in our world that I'm not even privy to. And so sometimes I feel a little like out in the cold within our space because I'm like, yeah, man, you're not my audience, but I want to know what you're doing. Exactly. You know, so I'm hoping that. I'll be able to get more of these people into the studio. There are a lot of amazing people here that have been doing such heartful work. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited for you to tap into all that. Be sure to check out the podcast show notes at casuallybake.com to learn more about Jane and the work she's doing with the veteran and cannabis communities. I encourage you to share this episode with someone in your life with a high-stress career or a loved one suffering from PTSD. Cannabis is a connector to both self and community. I believe with every ounce of my being that cannabis and meditation can make a positive difference in your life. And I'm happy to guide you through your discovery. Share stories, voice memos, and questions with me at ask at casuallybake.com. 
And of course, if you want to help grow this Casually Baked tribe, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and review or rate the show on Apple iTunes. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, produced, and edited by the team of Just Joe. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. I challenge you to make time today to get still and go through Jane's guided meditation in this episode. You're not too busy for that. If the President of the United States can make time for Fox and Friends every day, you can make time for 10 minutes of stillness and inward reflection. You need it, I need it, and the world needs our compassionate hearts pumping in rhythm. As Coach Eric Taylor would say, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And just to be crystal clear, I was rolling my eyes when I talked about the president. Just work really hard to be a good human. Surround yourself with good humans. Don't be a racist. Love your neighbor. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Be the change you want to see in the world. Please do it or don't, but fucking do. All right? I'm off my soapbox. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.